from the WIA. This is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. This is WIA National News for week commencing December the 17th, 2017. Hi, I'm Robert, VK3DN. And I'm Brian, VK3GR. G'day, Rob. G'day, G- listeners. G'day, Brian. How are you? Happy and well, mate. What's news with you? Oh, been busy working. Uh, been busy doing, or particularly this time of the year, with uh, production work, audio and lighting production work. So lots and lots of uh, jobs, Christmas jobs and school jobs end of year. Speaking of school, mate, I've gone back to school, actually. I'm doing my master's at the moment and got a couple of subjects cleared out with some nice marks recently. Oh, look at you. Really proud of that, actually. Oh, very yep. good. Very good. And how's your work life? Work is okay. You know, it's nice to uh, nice to hang out with some interesting people and some smart people, and it's nice to be doing a, a job I like, and, you know, I guess that education sort of proves that I want to do more of it, which is good. Very good. So let's get into news, and we start with news of the WIA office closure. Yes, the WIA office in Bayswater will close on December the 22nd and reopen in the new year at 11am on Tuesday the 22nd of January 2018. So we wish all the office staff and uh, a very Merry Christmas as well. It's a nice gap there, 22nd of January. Just remember, three weeks into the new year, listeners. That's it. And whilst we're on the topic of wishing people a happy Christmas and New Year is WIA Vice President David Ford, VK4MZ. Hello from David Ford, VK4, Mike Zulu. The holiday season is a time where many of us take some moments to work on something different to our usual day jobs. For many, this means we get to work on special projects around the house. On a bigger scale, the WIA Strategy Advisory Committee is no different. The Strategy Advisory Committee currently has three projects in flight within the WIA's portfolio. These projects have been specifically chosen and started as they address priority opportunities for the WIA. The first project is updating the volunteer structure for the WIA. This includes the committee structure. The project's objective is to propose and aid in the implementation of structures for near future, the medium and the long term. The project is using the insight gained from the recent member survey and putting in place teams that will help adapt the WIA as it evolves. The second project is implementing a request, query and knowledge management system to streamline, accelerate and aid interactions between members and the WIA staff and volunteers. This is commonly referred to as a ticketing system, but it will be leveraged to deliver more than just ticketing. In the last few weeks, we have been prototyping a pilot system and its rollout and benefits will be delivered incrementally over the next few months. The third project is implementing a new free WIA Associate Program. The WIA Associate Program is for WIA-interested people who are not licensed or are largely inactive in the hobby. It is for people who would like to know more about amateur radio, the WIA, or the headline topics for amateur radio. Associates will be provided with updates and information from the WIA, but they won't have access to services that financial members do. The associate program will provide the backbone for sharing our hobby with the emerging groups such as the maker movement. The program will also assist with the first steps into the hobby and cater to those who haven't yet been through an exam. Overall, the associate program provides a service to the public so that those interested can explore experimenting with radio and provides a stepping stone into the hobby. Did I also mention it will be free? 
Look for some announcements over the coming weeks on the program's availability. We've also been running a prototype of the sign-up system, which includes referrals and invitations, so an invite to join the associate program may be the perfect last-minute Christmas gift for that relative that has everything, or perhaps that relative that you've forgotten. So those are the three projects that the Strategy Advisory Committee has in flight. The Organisational Structure, the Request, Query and Knowledge Management System, and the Associate Program. There are also two key projects in the pipeline. These are projects that are not yet initiated, but are also considered a high priority. The first project is to work with the Publications Committee on the Amateur Radio magazine to give the magazine a new feel and a different focus on content. And the second project is a project that we are currently seeking volunteers for. We're embarking on a program of work to update the WIA website and the WIA's related digital channels. If you have a background in digital project management, website design, or graphic design for the web, and you would like to work with a team updating and executing the WIA's digital strategy, then please get in touch via the volunteer.com.au website or look for the news articles in the WIA website. Have a safe holiday season and a great new year. Um, Before I go, I'd like to set you a challenge during this time of year. The challenge is to do something special for someone that isn't a relative or friend or someone that you would normally spend time with. This time of year can be very lonely for some, so the challenge is to look for where you can spend a few extra moments with someone that might be doing it a little bit tough this year, hear their story, and try to help them out. They'll appreciate it, and the cheer might just be contagious. This has been David Ford, VK4, Mike Zulu. Thank you, David. And listeners, uh, I'm sure you'll agree with me. There's a lot uh, going on there. we looking forward to seeing the new website and this um, new WIA associate program. Sounds quite interesting too. Yeah, indeed. All right, to international news with thanks to the IARU, the RSGB, the SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, WIA Local News Service, VK7, VK3PC and the worldwide sources of the WIA. Croatia confirms WRC 15 60 metre allocation increases the 160 metre privilege. The Croatian Regulatory Authority for Network Industries, HACOM, published in an official gazette number 116 of 2017, changes to the rules on amateur radio communication in the Republic of Croatia. According to these changes, Croatian radio amateurs now have access to the WRC 15 60 metre amateur secondary allocation of 5351.5 to 5366.5 kilohertz under ITU footnote 5.133b. That's the 15 watt EIRP. They now also have access to the 160 metre band from 1810 to 2000 kilohertz. That's 1810 through 1850, max power 1.5 kilowatts, and 1850 through 2,000 kilohertz, max power of 1 kilowatt. Very good. Lots to listen out for, I think. Yes. And some news from Germany. Uh, The German Class K licence, unfortunately, has been postponed. It looks as though the introduction of an entry-level amateur radio licence in Germany has been postponed indefinitely. The DARC reporting on a meeting between the Amateur Radio Roundtable, that's the RTA, and the German Federal Network Agency, BNZETZA, on November the 24th, says that 
The discussion on the introduction of another licensed class has been postponed indefinitely because it could not be ruled out that such an introduction could restrict the self-construction privilege of amateur radio operators. And that came from the dark website. Uh, the URL's in the text edition. IARU Region 1 and URAL meeting. A meeting was held on the 2nd of December between President of IARU Region 1 and the President of the European Radio Amateurs Organisation. Also present were the Chair of the IARU Region 1 Spectrum and Regulatory Liaison Committee and the Secretary General of EURAO. The meeting was held against a background of both IARU Region 1 and URAO having letters of understanding with SEPT, enabling participation in the work of SEPT. Both organisations accept that they had shared objectives, identified some specific areas for internetworking, and will continue a constructive dialogue into the future. Sounds like these organisations are having a nice chat over there, Rob. Yeah, a bit of planning and organisation. And uh, it sounds like a little bit of agreement, maybe. That's kind of a good place to start. Yeah, not so good for Germany, though. No. No entry-level licence. What a shame, hey? It is. It's been very successful for us here in Australia. It certainly has. Okay, on January the 1st, the five-year exemption permitting drivers' handheld use of two-way radios in Ontario, Canada, is set to expire. Radio Amateurs of Canada had been waiting to hear from the Ontario Minister of Transportation about the fate of the exemption from the province's distracted driving law. RAC Directors Alan Boyd, VE3AJB, and Phil McBride, VA3QR, had met with the Ontario transportation officials earlier this year and declared that the session productive, but they are still waiting word from what will happen. The RAC has formed a committee to work with both Ontario and British Columbia, both of which have distracted driving regulations. In British Columbia, amateurs have been permitted since February of this year to drive while operating radios that have a push-to-talk button. According to the RAC's website, there will be a decision on the Ontario regulations prior to the 1st of January and the RAC is pledged to issue a bulletin as soon as there is an update. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. We hear a couple of these uh, sort of stories each year, Rob. It's a shame that you know, it's sunset after five years and not just kind of allowed to continue until, uh, you know, a uh, an agreement or a final decision is made when, when these things uh, expire. Yeah, and it's a pity they expire too because yeah. they make a lot of sense. Yeah, and for good reason. You know, they might say, oh, we, we're just uh, putting this in there, but you've got a five-year uh, exemption, but we should revisit it in that time. And, you know, I think what we're saying is they should uh, actually revisit it in that time when they plan to. Mm. Anyhow, 3D printed object connects with Wi-Fi. No electricity required. Is this a weird and wonderful? It should be. Mm. Let's see. Researchers from the University of Washington have 3D printed objects and sensors that are able to communicate with Wi-Fi devices such as smartphones or computers without needing to be powered by batteries or a wall socket. Examples include an attachment that can sense when laundry detergent is about to run out and place an online order for more, an anemometer, and a connected test tube holder. 
At the heart of the development are reflection of wave techniques known as backscattering, where ambient radio signals are reflected from a Wi-Fi router via an antenna printed using a plastic and copper mix and onward to a wireless receiver. Rather than use batteries to power the 3D printed object or sensor, the researchers tapped into mechanical motion. When flowing liquid turns a wheel or a button is pushed, gears and springs activate or deactivate our conductive switch, changing the reflective state of the 3D printed antenna. Data can be hard-coded into an object by the way of teeth on the gear, with the presence or absence of a tooth determining how long a switch remains in contact with the antenna. Signal patterns thus created can then be translated into readable output by the Wi-Fi receiver. Input devices such as buttons, knobs and sliders were also printed, which could be custom-made to talk to smart devices in the home, controlling the volume on a connected music system, for example, or placing order for groceries from an online store at the push of a button. Wow. That is amazing. That's awesome. The, the, the link is in the text edition, uh, and it's not Amazon, or it's, you know, it's not the online no. sellers. Yeah, yeah. It is washington.edu. It's a university. Genuine. Go, go have a look at that, everyone. That's uh, fascinating. Hey, in that, I talked about making your own uh, Wi-Fi antennas or making yeah, your antennas yeah. with the composite mix of mix plastic, of plastic and, copper. and copper. Imagine, we could do that for UHF. Well, uh, you know, these guys, are, we're talking, these guys are doing it with 2.4, maybe 5 gig um, and upwards, I suppose. Are, we've seen some great presentations. I think when they're playing with uh, 10 gig and upwards, you flaking, is it flaking? You mm. know, they're, they're putting solder on the end of the, anyway. Somebody out there knows exactly what I'm talking about. But instead of the process of, uh, you know, re-bending, uh, circuit bending and, and reappropriating hardware from one band to another, to be able to grind down your last antenna and feed it back into the other end of the antenna making equipment, which is just a 3D printer, and you've got your new band, I wonder if uh, we'll have some competition rules that say you can't take a 3D printer with you up to the top of the hill because, you know... It's, you've got to have all this stuff prepared with beforehand. That's right. You can print yourself a better antenna. Exactly. Amazing. All right. Fun thoughts for fun days. Ham Radio Operational News. It's a contact sport. All major Australian contests, the rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website. 2018 contest dates include the VHF UHF WIA Field Day contest date for summer. That's the 13th and 14th of January, 2018. John Moyle Memorial Field Day will be held over the weekend of the 17th and 18th of March, 2018 and will run from UTC 100 on the Saturday until 0059 on the Sunday. And the Harry Angel Memorial Sprint. That's on Saturday, May the 5th, 1000 hours UTC to 1146 UTC. 11 and 12th of August next year is the WIA Remembrance Day. That's the RD contest, the big one. And the Oceania Contest, the phone section, is in the first full weekend in October. That's the 6th and 7th of October, 0800 UTC Saturday to 0800 UTC Sunday. And the CW section, the second full weekend in October, that's the 13th and 14th of October, 0800 UTC on Saturday to 0800 UTC on Sunday.
Now, somebody who's a regular contributor to this broadcast, Jeff Emery, has always got some interesting, thought-provoking items. So comes at a great time because I actually want to have a bit of a break now and talk about those antennas again with you, Rob. But thanks uh, to Jeff. Let's see what he's got to say. Hello, I'm Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, and I've been thinking. It has been said that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Certainly, if business has been anything to go by, if you see a good idea, copy it. Whole sectors of the fashion industry depend on this philosophy. Now, I had a good idea smack me in the face during the week. The AWRL advised by its Facebook page that there was a free article in the January digital edition of QST. Not only was it authored by Bob Heal, K9EID, it uses a mixture of solid state and vacuum tube technology to build a 5 watt AM transmitter for 40 and 80 metres. Now, apart from being of interest to me on a couple of accounts, the Pineboard project is a way of getting amateurs to engage or even come back to the AWRL. To further whet the appetite, the League also offers a free 90 day trial membership which gives access to all the membership features. Well, you might say, so what? That body is so much bigger than the WIA, and as has been said by others, you just can't compare the two bodies. OK, but what is to stop we down under VKs from adopting some of these ideas? We keep getting reminded about the low membership numbers and the fall-off of new amateurs, and here is a way of reintroducing old dogs and new pups to the WIA. Our magazine becomes bi-monthly as of January 2018, and new features are expected to be introduced. I bet there are some die-hards who will say we've tried the free download and it didn't work. Well, what is needed is consistency so that people who cruise the internet get used to the idea that something relevant will be available to download from every magazine from now on. How about seriously considering some proposals for an invigorated WIA that encourages membership instead of hearing the same old backseat whinges from the same old backseat drivers who saw it all go wrong last century. Let's give the ARRL the credit for some good ideas and take on what works for them. I'm Jeff Emery, and that's what I think. How about you? And thank you, Jeff. And there's a couple of great ideas in there, I reckon. Jeff's always got good ideas. He's been thinking. He is always thinking. Now to DXing. In the world of DX, listen for Jacques F6HMJ, operating as 6W7-F6HMJ, from Senegal between December 21st and January the 15th. He will be active using CW with some sideband on 20 through 10 metres. You can send QSLs via his home call sign. That's F6HMJ. Also, just off the Senegal coast, a group of four operators is using the call sign 6V1A from Gori Island this weekend between December the 15th to the 17th. So listen for them on CW and SSB on all HF bands. According to the most recent 6V1A page on QRZ, all QSLs should be sent to the post office box 971 Dakar, Senegal. And in Hong Kong, Hong Kong are celebrating with a VR20 prefix, commemorating the 20th anniversary of Hong Kong's reunification with China. Hong Kong licensed radio amateurs are being allowed to use this special prefix VR20 on a voluntary basis to 30th of June 2018. 
And in Liberia, EL, Eric, EL2EF is a new radio amateur there and active at various times. QSL direct to his home call sign. Again, that's EL2 Echo Foxtrot. And in the Republic of Korea, HL, Special Event Station DT23WOP is QRV until February 2018 for the 23rd Olympic Winter Games. Activity is on the HF bands and QSL via HL1TWD. Now, wireless weather, atmospheric radiation is increasing. The space weather balloon measurements over California show that cosmic rays in Earth's atmosphere are increasing. The main reason is the solar cycle. In recent years, sunspot counts have plummeted as the sun's magnetic field weakens. This has allowed more cosmic rays from deep space to penetrate the solar system and, in turn, our planet's atmosphere. An interesting anomaly occurred in September this year when a sudden outburst of solar activity pushed cosmic rays away from Earth, causing a temporary dip in the radiation field. And thanks to spaceweather.com and that uh, new story via Southgate. Again, uh, the URL in the text edition. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. And to MediaWatch, and if you're one of the many listeners to the NZART broadcasts from ZL Land, make a note of the following in from their editor-producer ZL2BHF. Jim advises via NZART Infoline that their official broadcast is made this month on the Sunday before Christmas. The broadcast is made on 3900 kHz and on the ZL National System and the local VHF repeaters at 2000 hours, that's 8pm, with a repeat at 2100 hours, that's 9pm, and of course, that's local New Zealand time. And in January, there is no broadcast. Now to Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Defence and Codebreakers Wall at Bletchley Park. You've been there, Rob, haven't you? I have indeed. Good. Very interesting. The Codebreakers Wall is a specially reserved area in the grounds of Bletchley Park for veterans, their families and supporters of Bletchley Park, to have their names engraved into the brick to share with loved ones for many years to come. A digital version of the wall will be available soon, so you can search for names, locate bricks in the Codebreakers Wall, and discover the stories behind the bricks. You can go to www.bletchleypark.org.uk forward slash codebreakers dash wall for more information. Ever been to the UK? I haven't. I haven't journeyed outside of Australia except to go to New Zealand a couple of times. Oh, no. Once on work. Well, when you do get to soon. UK... Soon, soon. Go to Bletchley. It's worth it. Absolutely worth it. And for all the listeners, do the same. Okay, worldwide, special interest groups digital about DMR. A basic dummies guide has been created to help users understand various aspects of DMR from the terminology to how each network in the UK is set up. We hope many will find this useful, especially for those who are new to the mode and no matter where in the world you are, if you're reading or listening, we are sure it will be of value. There is an email address included for their feedback. This is a free download. However, should you wish to donate towards the time and work of this and future publications, then please use the donate button. And the link for this again is in the text edition of the news broadcast found on the website. 
That Worldwide Special Interest Group's radio amateur young timers and the SARL to host the 2018 Youngsters on the Air Yota Summer Camp. The South African League received a positive response from Lisa Linders, PA2LS, the IARU Region 1 Youth Working Group Chairman, following the acceptance and approval of the SARL proposal to host the 2018 Yoda Summer Camp by Region 1 Executive Committee. As it will be held in the Southern Hemisphere, it will be the Yoda Winter Camp, but, you know, the right time of year for that. August 2018. This annual event brings together young people from the Region 1 member societies for an entire week to create, in addition to amateur radio, an opportunity to learn all about different nationalities and cultures, foster international friendships and goodwill, as well as to learn new skills. The SARL and the South African Yoda Working Group are delighted with the response and are looking forward to hosting a successful Yoda 2018 event as an unforgettable African experience that will be remembered for many years to come. The SARL president conveyed his sincere appreciation to the Yoda Working Group for their successful proposal and stated that this is a golden opportunity for the SARL and amateur radio in South Africa to make their mark in promoting amateur radio amongst the youth, locally and in Africa, in hosting the 2018 Yota Winter Camp. Sounds like a lot of fun. I know some people have been to Africa and done the safaris and Mm -hmm. gone there for school trips and all sorts of other things, and the photos are fantastic, the stories that come back with the culture are incredible, and, uh, you know, so many different cultures, and just hours away from each other, sharing rivers going through 15 different countries, things like that, that are, mm. we don't exp- aren't exposed to here in Australia, you know? The Murray-Golvin Basin? Yep. Yep, that's us. Like, we can drive to both sides of it without a passport. A little bit different in, you know... Well, I guess that's just the world, right? We're yeah, these are life about... experiences that's you right. get when you go I to those places. I probably should get out of the country once in a while, shouldn't I, Rob? Yeah, over to New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. Ham Radio helps save two at sea. Fishermen Manian and Anil from Veli owe their lives to amateur radio operators who pitched in some valuable efforts to reach out to those affected by Cyclone Okia in India. The Deccan Chronicle says the two had gone to rescue cyclone-affected fishermen and had to lie down in the waters for two days. They'd given up hope and even cut loose the rope tying them to each other when a small fishing boat came to the area. The boat had a VHF radio which was in constant touch with a Dookie-based ham radio and emergency communication society which was active at repeating station at Calvary Mount around 5,000 feet above sea level. The Coast Guard ships on the surface level often are unable to communicate with small boats having weak radio signals. Our amateur radio club comprising of six members had the advantage of sitting at height and we relayed the latitude and the longitude to the rescue vessels which reached out to save the duo, said Manoj Galaxy, Secretary of the Society. That's an awesome story. It's a very awesome story. A group of six have their own club, and they're, you know, 5,000 feet above, and uh, there's a, yeah, there's a full uh, write-up about it there in the text edition. And, of course, you can get the link to that in the text edition of this news broadcast. Now to rewind, Gibraltar's clandestine SOE wireless station. The Gibraltar Chronicle reports how an illicit diary belonging to Hugh Mallory Falconer, SOE code number GB007, led to a clandestine SOE wireless station. The Special Operations Executive's 
HQ in Gibraltar, the requisitioned Villa Lords in South Barracks Road, contained trained signalers. They were radio operators from the realtor party of SOE saboteurs who had come to Gibraltar in 1940, disguised as royal engineers, ready to wreak havoc in Spain if General Franco ever permitted German troops to cross his territory and attack Gibraltar. The naval side was Operation Goldeneye, run by Lieutenant Commander Ian Fleming of Naval Intelligence, the future author of the Bond books. There you go. Read the full story at the link in the text edition, but already we see Gibraltar and Goldeneye and 007. And the first time I read through this, Rob, I'm thinking this just seems like... Oh, no, it's the other way around. It's not uh, life imitating art. It's art imitating life. And uh, no wonder, given uh, Ian Fleming's connection to it. There you go. Interesting reading it will be. And now to the social scene as we head towards the end of this broadcast. In 2018, February the 18th, in VK3, starting at 9am, the Wandark Hamfest, that's at the Italian Sports Club in Werribee. Feb 25th, VK2, Wyong Field Day. That's the big one. And in March 25th, the VK3 EMDRC Hamfest at Great Rory Primary School in Heathmont. May 5th through 7th, VK4 Clareview Gathering, that's between Rockhampton and McKay. And in July the 7th, that's Gips Tech 2018. The 21st Annual Gips Tech Gippsland Technical Conference focuses primarily on weak signal VHF, UHF and microwave communications plus other relevant topics. Commences with a social dinner on Friday evening, presentations all day, Saturday with the conference dinner in the evening and Sunday morning presentations. If you want more, go to vk3bez.org. Well, that's it, Brian. That's all we've got for this week, Rob. We have hit the end of the news. Many thanks to Graham for the opportunity again. And uh, as we always say when we get to the end of the news... It's the WIA News. We've reported... And you decide. See you, Brian. See you, Rob. We've reported, you decide.